color, you're my color, I can see you in the sky And it's your color, it's your color, you should wear it all the time Hello and welcome to The Pack Beat. This is another mini episode as given the COVID situation, Gabby and myself are separated between cities and let's just say we weren't entirely prepared for it. Due to face-to-face and travel restrictions, we've got a few more phone interviews than usual serving as our episodes for the next little while. In this mini-sode, I chat to Aussie folk troubadour Josh Pike. After a five-year break, Josh is finally back with his new album Rome, which was released just yesterday and it's absolutely gorgeous. But don't take my word for it. Check out our review of the album on our website now and have a listen to the 11-track collection, now available on Spotify and wherever else you get your music fix. In this episode, Josh tells us about how times have changed, his issues with anxiety and overcoming mental health issues, the process of writing not just songs but also children's books, and more. We tried to pack it all into a 15-minute call, but we did pretty well, if I do say so myself. Listen up and check out the new album Rome out now. Enjoy! Hi, Josh. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, good. How are you? Good. That's good. Um, so you've got the new single and video from My Col- You're My Colour and then the album is coming out at the end of this month. But your first release was in 2006 and I first found you in 2011 with No One Wants a Lover. Um, oh. What's changed? Yeah. <laughs> I've got the music video as well for some reason downloaded from <laughs> iTunes from oh, years no. ago. Um, but what's changed since then? Like your writing process, experiences, confidence, anything like that? Oh, so much has changed. I mean, the world has changed a lot. Yeah. Um, even the advent of streaming. I mean, in 2011, I don't think Spotify was even around, or if it was, it was it was in its very early initial stages. So, yeah. You know, from that point, it was very much still about physical product, and that was declining because of piracy and stuff like that. And then streaming came in and kind of got rid of the piracy issue, but it's presented a whole swathe of other issues for artists. Um, and, you know, it's changed the, the way you release records. So, you know, for instance, on this album, it's coming out on the 28th, but I've already released four songs as kind of, you know, they're not even really singles, they're like focus tracks. So it's kind of like you've got a fragmented music industry now where you have you still have radio, you service stuff to radio, you service stuff direct to your fans, you service yeah. stuff to streaming services, and then there's the whole touring side of things, which is almost a beast of its own so yeah it's changed a lot I mean for me it's changed a lot because I have a, I have my own studio now which has changed my kind of writing process and, and recording process a lot um, yeah. and it allowed me to basically make this whole album essentially by myself which was pretty awesome yeah and you I saw that you mentioned you were going through a hard drive and you had over 40 songs from the past five years um, should we expect to hear more of those Oh, well, I mean, I, I, I culled pretty early, so yeah. a lot of those songs I just don't really like. <laughs> um, some, of, some of them might get developed into other stuff, but, I mean, I, I sort of, I'm writing all the time. I don't, I don't ever go through a phase where I kind of go, okay, now I need to sit down and write for an album. Yeah. So, you know, 40 songs over, over a couple of years or three years sounds like a lot, but it's not actually that, it's not that many songs when you think about the fact that this is my... This is my full-time job, you know. Like, I'm, yeah, right. five days a week, I have I have time to write songs. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sort of this whole process um, of releasing music during COVID and the absence of touring has really made me 
uh, feel excited and motivated about releasing music more often. I think mm-hmm. that, you know, coming back into it after, it's been five years since the last record, it's been three years since I've toured, and I just, I didn't know if, if there was still an audience there interested in what I do, and there, there seems to be, and it seems to still be growing, which is a beautiful thing. So, yeah, my sort of, in terms of, you know, will you hear new stuff beyond this album, I feel pretty committed to the idea of releasing music again much much sooner than... I, w- I won't be leaving five years between albums, put it that way. Yeah, right. Well, I saw um, the whoever it is, the founder or CEO or whatever of Spotify was saying that he needs like to expect artists to be releasing more often, otherwise it's, they're just not going to make the cut anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't really... I mean... <laughs> Good on him for saying that. I think, I think, <laughs> I think, I think Cream always rises to the top. You know, like I think, I think, and I also think that the music industry is really becoming a very niche-based industry. So whilst I think that that may be true for like massive pop stars like Bieber and, and yeah. Taylor Swift, and I think you know artists like myself and all, all my favourite artists who are just writing songs from their hearts and and putting it out with in good faith. You know, and not not expecting to get played on the radio, and not expecting to have massive commercial blow up success. Yeah, I think I think it's it's I think if you if you can release music more often, go for it. But it's really about quality over quantity. I mean, that's that's the thing. Whilst I do aim to release music more often, if I'm not feeling that it's my best work, I, I just I won't be putting it out. Right, and you mentioned that. Um the, without the time restraint for writing, you're able to write more freely, um, especially since isolation has come into play. Has that allowed for that as well, or have you been more focused on what you've already created and well, like, taking I, I, time I, off? I, there's no time off. I mean, that's the funny thing. It's like uh, COVID, COVID is different for everybody. Um, yeah. And COVID for a parent of two kids is not, it's not time off. <laughs> Believe yeah, me, it's true, like, true. it's, um, it's more hectic than ever. And so, you know, we're, we're juggling that. Uh, you know, my wife works full time and is juggling that. I'm, you know, promoting this record and, yeah. and also, you know, right, doing all the other creative stuff. Like, I, you know, I just did another kids' book. I've got another kids' book coming out in November. Yeah. Um, so there's no, it hasn't been time off at all. It's been, I would say, it's been more more hectic since March than it has been in in my recent memory, which is, yeah. But you know, then I talk, I talk to other people, and they're like, oh, "It's great, I've got more time to do this and that." I'm like, oh, "Good on you, that's that's fantastic. <laughs> more power to you." <laughs> yeah. How did you get into doing the whole kids book thing? Well, it was. I've been interesting in writing. I would say writing was my first kind of love. Ever since I was a little kid, I was, and I before I found music and and even you know when music wasn't working out for me, I, I had thought about journalism as a potential career. I love I love writing. I've always written. Um, and my wife actually, when we met, she was she was in children's book publishing, so I was kind of pretty familiar with the industry, and I just really I, I realized I kind of overlooked kids books as a as a incre- the incredible craft that it is you know it's yeah it's really hard it's hard to write a good kids book it has it's right it's and it's like writing a song you know it has to be very succinct it has to convey a message yeah you know in a in the shortest amount of time possible in a not a heavy-handed way um 
and kids are brutal, you know, as well. They just like if they don't like it, they'll just they'll just they just Tell won't you. engage in it. Yeah, yeah, they just won't engage in it at all. So, and then obviously having kids, we, you know, we've read so many kids' books. Reading is a huge part of our family. Um, and I just started getting ideas and, and thinking, oh, maybe I'd like to have a crack at this. Um, but it was really a, a woman called Justine Flynn, who's a producer and director and, and creator in general. She was, the, she is the mum of a kid that went to preschool with my older son and we were chatting in the playground one afternoon and she, she was aware of my music and I was like, I, I want to do what you do though. You know, you work on all these different projects. You're never doing one thing. You know, I'm just a musician. I can't do all these other things. And she was like, you've got to stop thinking of yourself as a musician and think of yourself as a creative. You know, you can do all these things. You just have to kind of give permission to yourself to think of yourself in that context. And it was just like a light bulb moment and I, and I, and I did start to view myself as someone capable of, of extending you know, my creativity beyond music. And I just started trying, basically. And I got heaps of rejections. And then I eventually got, got um, a book across the line. And, you know, you learn. You learn as you go. And it's been a, a, a great process. But it's taken a long time. It's been taken. I've, you know, my oldest kid is nine. And I've been trying to experiment with writing a kid's books for probably six years before anything really happened. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, I just find it really interesting because I, I, you don't hear about many people branching out to those sort of things from this industry, I guess. Well, I think I think that's it's true, you know, and it's, and it's kind of why I hadn't thought that I could do it. Yeah. But you know, like creativity is it's not a it's not a, a one way street. You know, it's like it's just because you're a musician, you when you when you're a creative of any capacity you do view the world differently. It's just, that's just true. You know, like you do, you will, you will view problems differently. You know, there's a reason why, you know, corporate organizations are trying to have, you know, creativity lessons and stuff like that. But it's, if you're, if you've been engaged in a creative pursuit for as long as most of us have been, whether it's writing or, or music or journalism or advertising or marketing, all these things are creative and it allows you to view things in a different way. And there is no reason that a musician shouldn't be able to write or a writer shouldn't be able to dabble in, in music or, or creating content for, for TV and film. And, you know, it's a, it's, it's a left brain thing. You know, it's, it's like you, you, you've kind of trained your brain to work in a particular way and we should. And we also, as creatives in a very small industry, we do need to expand in order to have fulfilling careers that last a long time. Mm-hmm. And with the... Uh the whole video and film thing you mentioned. Um, is it the Leg Up Initiative? Is that what it's called? Yeah, I, I think that's an unofficial title, but yeah, it's something, it's something okay. like that. But yeah, it's just a, it's just an opportunity. I mean, I, you know, I, I had wanted to do a film clip um, for uh, this, this final song that's going to come out before the album drops, which is called I Thought We Were a River. Yeah. And... Excuse me. Just during this period, I was reading. You know, I've been a, a pretty vocal advocate for the arts during this period, and I was. You know, I've been reading a lot about how few opportunities there are for people to to kind of get experience during this period because people, budgets are down, people are, are struggling to do anything. Um, and I just thought, well, here's an opportunity. I need a film clip. I have a budget. Um, let's try and give this opportunity to somebody that needs 
experience and, and may otherwise be missing out on experience during this during this you know difficult period. So we just put a call out and we got a bunch of submissions and I went through them and, and Lisa um, got the opportunity and she's already presented a storyboard and an animatic and it's, it's all looking awesome. So yeah, I think it's going to be a, a good a good project. I'll get something great out of it. They'll be paid properly and also have something on their CV that will hopefully help them in a post-COVID world. Yeah, that's amazing, especially with the whole pay thing, because I know that that's a, a common issue is people being fairly paid for their work. So that's I yeah. just think that's really cool to be supporting people outside of your own circle. Well, that's, that was super important. It was never going to, like, you know. I mean, I actually, I did a similar thing probably 10 years ago on on Chimneys of Fire for a song called You Don't Scare Me. We did a, I did a film clip and it was, I did a call out for people to, to do a film clip and the winner was a 14-year-old girl who made a stop-life animation clip and she, she won two grand or something like that. Oh, wow. Um, and, you know, that film clip is still up online. And I and I re-met her family at a gig years later and, and I think it was her brother or something said that her winning that competition had kind of reintroduced the, the value and the idea of creativity back into their family and all of them had sort of gone on to re-engage with cre- creative pursuits that they'd enjoyed, like whether or not it was getting back into playing the piano or getting back into drawing and stuff like that. So I think, you know, I think these things have value beyond just somebody getting money as well. It's like creativity is such a positive force in the world and I think any opportunity to kind of push that idea is is something that I'll happily be involved in. Absolutely. So with uh, of Rome, you said the whole you can't escape yourself, you can't escape the reality, you have to sort of accept that and, and move on. Um, that's a kind of a dark explanation, but it's you've said it's a quite cathartic thought process and self-therapy, uh, especially in uh, isolation. Have you found the need for that catharsis lately? Like what are your expense, uh, experiences with mental health and things like that? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I've, I've, I mean, this, the whole reason that I kind of went off the road three years ago or more now um, was because I was having, like, severe anxiety issues. Um, and they kind of had ramped up over a number of years into just these, you know, for, it was kind of 18 months of, like, severe panic attacks that lasted for days. Um, wow. And I, it just got to a point where I had to stop which was kind of the, that was the main I, mean, I didn't really talk about it at the time but that was that was the main reason that I that I went off the road and kind of wanted to do other creative things that didn't take me away so much yeah yeah um so anxiety anxiety is something that I I definitely struggle with and it's it's something that I try to manage you know through various ways but um obviously COVID is an extremely anxiety inducing experience for everybody for sure uh, and so for me, the way I'm coping with it is is trying to get outside a lot, trying to do a lot of exercise. Like I've been riding my bike a lot. You know, most days I drop my kids off at school and then I'll try and go for a 45-minute bike ride just to kind of get that latent kind of built-up, pent-up kind of anxiety feeling out of my system. Yeah. Um, and I think the other thing is just being really open about it, you know, like it's just talking to people, you know. I think I, I'm so fortunate that I have a, a partner who's incredibly supportive and, and understands me and and what I need and I and I hope that that's reciprocal and so just being super open with whoever is a trusted person that you can talk to is, is, is the best thing that you can do and you know we say that to our kids all the time it's like everyone has negative times and negative thoughts and dark thoughts 
but it's it's being able to talk about them that kind of normalizes them and puts them out into the world and you know your head is not a good space to store those things in it just it's just not it's not big enough we've got so many other things to think about having all the space filled up by these negative things it's just better to get them out into the world and out of your head yeah for sure okay i think i've got like one minute left so last question we try to ask everyone um what are your top three current aussie artists Oh, good question. I mean, I've got to say, Beck Sykes is, is I'm so pumped about. So she won the JP Partnership this year. Yeah. Um, and her song, Edith Vale, is just absolutely stunning. So she's she's definitely, <laughs> excuse me, up there. Um, my kid's piano teacher is actually also a brilliant solo artist um, under the name of Skinny Legions. Oh, yeah? Um, so he's brilliant and... I just produced a bunch of tracks with Alana Stone, who's a, a dear old friend and also an amazing musician. Um, and she's hopefully going to be releasing those tracks soon. But yeah, Alana Stone's also just such a, a gem of a, a muso. So yeah, I'm going to go with those three at the moment. Okay, amazing. Thank you so much for your time. <laughs> My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening. It looks as though we'll have quite a few minisodes like this coming your way over the following weeks. So listen out for those and let us know if there's anyone interesting you'd love to give us a buzz. Catch you next time and don't forget to check out Josh's new album, Rome, out now.